Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And? And I am Sean Bouchard. Yay! Special guest! Special Two weeks <laughs> in a row, special guest. Knocking it out of the park. Yes. It is a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for yeah, having it's me. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's it is it is cool to actually be talking directly to you after like I think I've only communicated with you via like Twitch chats and Twitter <laughs> for like the past year at least. That's true. So. I ha- that hadn't occurred to me, Kyla, but I think you're right. That is uh, in retrospect, that's a little weird. Gosh, the future yeah. is really yeah, cool. We are modern humans <laughs> with our digital communications. Yeah. So what's everybody been up to this week? I've been I've bought a lot of groceries because I'm gonna do some special cooking for the Oscars tonight. Ooh, oh that's oh, awesome. that's tonight. Ooh. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Tonight. Yeah, Ooh, I boy. found that out. I found that out uh, Friday morning on the car radio. I'm like, shoot, <laughs> I'm supposed to have an Oscars party. I mean, that's okay. I found out that the Grammys were happening while they were happening (laughs) so (laughs) you know i don't have a great track record with these kinds of things but uh, Uh, it happens yeah Yeah. fury road is nominated for a bunch of stuff which i'm excited about i am super excited about that i yeah i'm excited to uh to to sort of at least keep track of what's going on with uh with the Oscars, whether I actually watch it or not. Yeah, that's a fair warning to you, Sean, to like, don't try and drive anywhere in Los Angeles tonight. Hey, that's a good point. Mm, yeah. Definitely true. Oh, boy. Because, um, yeah, they closed <laughs> down a lot of, like, the streets around around Hollywood um, on Oscar night, and traffic just becomes awful. I will keep that in mind. It's a good thing that I'm not planning to, like, leave the house for the next day or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, we once went to try and um, uh, go to our friend's house for, for Oscar night party when we lived in L.A., and she lives, like, across the hills, or did live across the hills at the time, mm-hmm. so we basically mm-hmm. had to cross directly through Hollywood oh, to get there. Work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, it didn't occur to me that, like, this show actually happens in this town, and like, it would be all set up for it. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, I never, I never even considered that, that that happens on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, just... a, there's a real place in the real world where this is occurring. Like, it feels like it just sort of occurs in a vacuum. Right. Like all award shows. Huh. Wow. Yep. So I'm looking forward to hopefully Mad Max will win some stuff. And also, apparently, uh, one of the best song nominees is from Fifty Shades of Grey. So potentially, mm. after tonight, Fifty Shades of Grey could be an, an Oscar-winning Oscar movie. That's yeah. amazing. So, what a world. <laughs> that's a thing to be on the lookout Oof. for. That's incredible. Man. I, I like forgot that Mad Max came out within the last year. I don't, it feels like so much longer than that. Yeah. July seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Man. And I didn't I didn't even like watch it in theaters because I'm a bad person and I don't do that really. But I want like I watched it recently and I don't know. It that even that seems like a long time ago. It's a good movie. It's and it was a good theater movie because it's full of, you know, big spectacle. 
Yep. So. Yeah. A lot of that. Uh, yeah. That that has been. I was gonna say that has been my week, but no, that's been my since Friday morning. Wow. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Anybody else do anything interesting? I didn't do anything interesting, but I did. I I got like a weird bug up my ass over the past like week or so. Um, and in addition to playing the games that we will be talking about today. I also decided that I felt like going back and playing a whole bunch of N64 games, oh, uh, awesome. particularly uh, rare titles. So played a bunch of Diddy Kong Racing and a bunch of uh, Donkey Kong 64 and uh, ass- Conker's Bad Fur Day, which I never actually played when I was small. So that oh, was cool. like a new experience. I assume that rare is the name of a, a publisher and not like a, a quality or a signing to these games. Yeah, that was it's yeah, it's the company that made like Donkey Kong and, okay. and Banjo like, Kazooie. I, I don't think of Donkey Kong as a particularly unknown game. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I've heard of Diddy Kong Racing, like. Yeah. <laughs> and actually I think I I think it might have been last week last week. Last time on the podcast I mentioned something about N sixty four games and their use of colored lighting mm. without having a specific uh, example to cite. And it turns out that's just all of these games. Like, like Rare just <laughs> all, uses all the, the rare games. Yeah. out of out of colored lighting for just no reason sometimes, and it's really really great. Did, it looks did, cool. Did Rare do uh, Perfect Dark? Uh, maybe. I think that sounds right. Yes, they did. They did. Okay. As I, as yeah. I Google it, yeah. It's a little bit outside of their style of the rest of that stuff, but yeah. I re- I played a lot of Perfect Dark, and I remember that Rare logo coming up. Hmm. Yeah, I totally forgot about that one. I don't think I ever played that one, either. So, the mentioning of, like, the colored lighting and the, like, N64 graphics and stuff uh, actually reminded me, I did stumble across uh, an interesting YouTube series uh, this week, which I think people here might enjoy, which I actually, I saw a couple episodes, like, earlier on, but then I kind of forgot about it, and I just rediscovered it this week, which is uh, the one of the guys who does the extra credits thing also does a series specifically on game animation. Oh. Um, and he, because he's, the, the guy who does, like, he doesn't write the extra credit episodes, but he voices them. But he voices them, like, sped up so that his voice is pitched higher. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, like, imagine a pitched down version of that voice. <laughs> That's, uh, ooh, that'll be weird to yeah, listen to. So he's, uh, yeah, I so always he's... wanted a pitched down version of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can hear what his voice actually sounds like. Um, and yeah, so he's a, he's a professional game animator, so he talks about, like, animation in games generally, but he's, as part of this, he started doing a thing on explaining the 12 principles of animation using, like, one different game as each, uh, as an example for each. Oh, that's cool. So, like, the most recent one was he was talking about Squash and Stretch as related to Jack and Baxter, um, which was, it was a, it's really interesting and really informative, and I'm learning a lot of stuff I didn't know about, like, how animation works in games. So, yes. I recommend that. It's, yeah, I will have to check that out. Yeah, I think if you just search on YouTube, like, the animation of... Jack and Daxter, or the animation of Shadow of the Colossus, or Kingdom Hearts, like all of those are games that he's looked at, so. Awesome. Yeah. That's definitely on my radar now. Yeah. Considering how, like, that's sort of my jam, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know. in school for animation. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's what I'm doing. doing. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Carl? Anything interesting this week, besides being super stressed out over your schoolwork? Great. Well, 
I'm super stressed out over my schoolwork. <laughs> I've been uh, preparing uh, some some test sessions, basically. Okay. Like playtests. We have we have this weird thing where people we got to deal with a company that does some. They put they take like five to ten people, put them in a room for like forty eight hours. And we got to try our games with them. <laughs> so they're already in some kind of weird, like, isolation state? Yes. And it's like, it's super... It's secret. We don't know where it's gonna be. We don't know what equipment we're gonna be able to use. What? And it's sort of stressful. <laughs> but it's amazing. Mis mysterious <laughs> secret, like... I don't want to say torture playtest, but it sounds a little bit like <laughs> mysterious secret torture playtest. That does sound a little bit terrifying. Well, they do stuff like... See, like, bring up the temperature and see what effects it has. And <laughs> so it's They have a, a lot of different groups. So it's a bunch of psychological experiments, and one of them is going to be, like, playtest your video game? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fantastic and bizarre. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's cool. Sean, you do anything wow. interesting this weekend? Wow. Um, well, any, any torture play tests? No, no torture play tests. Like surprisingly. Um, but uh, uh, no, things are going well. Um, classes ramping up. It's sort of mid-semester. We're prepping for GDC in a couple of weeks. I'm teaching a class this semester that's brand new that's um, uh, about like uh, publishing and finishing and polishing games. Oh yeah, uh, I remember seeing a picture of the like box cover art things that you tweeted. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, so we're, we're sort of having everybody put together promo videos and, uh, and elevator pitches for their games so they'll have stuff to show and talk about at GDC. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have had startlingly little time, I guess, but uh, I put in a couple hours on um, Portal Knights, which just came out, and it's kind of a, um, it's a very Minecrafty like open world sandbox game, but um, it's like K, K, or yeah, Knights like okay, K, K, like like Knights of the Portal. Okay, because uh, um, when you first said that, my the first thing I thought was like. The game like, portal, but like you after know, dark. Yeah, after dark. <laughs> <laughs> this is the adults only portal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would play that too. <laughs> like that's um, Portal Knights is interesting. I I got into it because um, a friend of mine at Five Hundred Five Games is the uh, was the, the not the lead developer, but sort of uh, pitched the idea. I guess uh, like came up with the concept and and ushered it through development. Um, and so I've just been checking that out. It's very pretty. It's very polished. Um, but I reached a point where, like, I beat the tutorial and I, I moved on to the the next little world, and I could I like gained competency uh, defeating enemies and and like placing blocks and building shelter and whatnot. Um, and now I just want to farm things, and I can't figure out how to farm things. And so I I don't know. I don't you know, know that, that is one of your me. top interests in gaming is farming. Exactly, exactly. It's on the list. It's, I, you need to make that farming just a little bit more accessible, is what I'm saying. 
Like that's important. Is it similar to like Minecraft farming, yeah. where you like plant seeds and wait? Well, for I stuff? think so. I, that's the sense that I get. But um, Minecraft, although none of it is, ex it's it's actually it's really interesting to see how Minecraft has evolved as a genre because, like, none of this is explained in Minecraft. Uh, but there's a there's a very understandable algorithm for how things grow and how you can like maximize your efficiency in growing things and um, and that's stuff that you sort of find out by like reading wikis about it. Yeah, I, although I understand the Xbox version does have some tutorialization in it. Oh, I think it does. It myself, yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay, uh, but I don't know. I. I haven't played any of the console versions of the game, and I would 100% believe that they have uh, tutorialization for, like, basic systems, but I wonder how deep they get into... Yeah, they probably don't explain, like, how crops grow, I would imagine. Because it's all... like, overkill. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, and that's what's fascinating to me about Minecraft, <laughs> like, how, figuring out how all of those state machines work. Um, uh, and... Um, and so that's like similarly portal nights i think like you, you can get seeds and you can plant them and and then i'm guessing they grow into things but i haven't seen it and i don't know if that's because like i'm doing it wrong or i haven't found the specific time. the specific like dragon blood that you need to water it with exactly or something like that. to water everything with dragon blood like that's these are things that that farmers know <laughs> it's been passed down but I don't know this stuff so I need like a wiki or a community of knowledge you gotta get ye oldie portal knights almanac exactly. 2016 yeah that's what I'm <laughs> I mean we oh, should man, we man. need to like pick a crafting game to play for oh, the podcast at some point, at some yeah. point. yeah that'd be good I don't know why that didn't I, occur to me I, because... I, I really want now to like do a project of making like an artifact like an old fashioned almanac like a paper book it's like the Minecraft Beautiful. almanac that has things about like the day-night cycles and, and yeah. biome weathers, things like that. Yeah, yeah. That would, that would be just a great art project. Yeah. Um, so in in other like not actually our news but related friends news, um, our good friend Asher just announced his most recent game, which I'm oh. super excited about. Which is I called, am so excited. Yeah, which is called Guildlings, which is exciting to me personally because it is based on like an idea that I mentioned to him when we were living together. So like I'm <laughs> excited to see him make it. That's so awesome. Which is which was uh, like a scrapped idea that I had um, I had pitched for like an early one of like my first year classes. Um, and so then I was like, oh, you know, so I, I, I pitched this idea one time and I really liked it, but I'm clearly never going to do it. So if you have any interest in it, this is the idea. And I pitched it to him and he, he, he latched onto one piece of it. So like mostly this is not at all similar to the idea I pitched him. But he's like, oh, that one little part of it that you mentioned sounds really cool. I'm going to make a game entirely around that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes with it. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, the game the game I pitched at the time was basically like um, that new Pokemon game that's coming out that uses like AR to like find Pokemon in the real world. Oh yeah, Pokemon uh, which, Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. But I, I gather like uh, the game Asher is making has nothing to do with that. So. 
Uh, and that's fine, because now Pokemon Go came out, so you can just do it with Pokemon, which is what I would have preferred with the original idea anyway. Right, there you go. I'm still waiting for, like, a current-gen uh, Pokemon Snap sequel. Ooh. And I probably will be waiting for that uh, forever. <laughs> like Which a is... really detailed safari type game where you have yeah. to like, go out and stalk with like a long lens camera. And... and like, yeah, like set up like blinds for yourself and that's actually, you know, free roaming and not just on rails. Yeah, wait till, a, wait till like a Pikachu wanders through the tall grass that you're aiming your camera at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, have to flee in terror from that... Uh, you know, Tauros or something that you <laughs> provoked <laughs> and now is charging at you. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. I really want a Pokemon Snap MMORPG. Uh, oh my god. People have been pitching the idea of a Pokemon MMO for ages. And I don't know why Nintendo hasn't done that. Because that's the best idea. I feel like there is or was at one point like an unofficial like browser-based one. Um, I might just be making this up, though, but that sounds that sounds like a thing that I have seen at some point, which probably um, probably have gotten ceased and desisted if it existed at this point because, Can you know, imagine, Nintendo. Like, being, like, actually getting, having there be actual gyms that, like, you could have people get on actual leaderboards for and, like, compete against your friends in, like, an open world and, like, if you run into a Pokemon trainer and make eye contact, it's actually another person that you can battle. <laughs> And, and they are fully EV trained and have, you know, a baton pass team set yep, up. And, and the crap out of you, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, my old, at my old job, there were four of us who had Pokemon X and Y, and we just decided we're going to be the Elite Four of our office. Aww. So we were. I was the uh, ghost type trainer. Did, you, Did anyone you like ever challenge you? Nobody, nobody ever challenged us, but... That's that's okay. We claimed our titles and we held them. Did anyone ever, um, or did you guys base off of like the original Elite Four or like the most recent Elite Four? No, we just we just each picked a type and built our team around it, like our favorite type, you know. Okay. So 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 who is on your ghost team? I don't remember. It's been a long time. Did you Um, have a chandelier? I did have a chandelier. I love me a chandelier. It was like a chandelier, um, a Hanedge, or an Aegislash, because Aegislash, I think, is... Because it's just a freaking sword? And I think it is currently the one of, like, the best Pokemons in the game. Pokemons, holy crap, I just said, I just pluralized it wrong. Um, I think it's one of the best Pokemon just in the game in general. Mm. Um, actually, no, I might not have had Aegislash. I think uh, my friend Isaac, he was the Steel-type Elite Four. And I think he claimed Aegislash before I could get to it. Ah. Um, what else? I don't remember. It was a while ago. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. It was cute. We put a lot of thought into it <laughs> on company time. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, I, I, missed the, I missed the old days of, you know, having, having my Pokemans team and showing it to people. And pretending to be the Pokemans with my friends. Yep. Ah. Pokemans. God, the good old days. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I guess we played some games. Yeah, let's talk about some games we played. Yeah. Uh, so for those who did not hear last week's podcast, uh, we are doing a four in February 
Um, but since we have no free time, we are doing a micro four in February where we are playing four really, really short games that are each less than an hour long. Uh, we played two of them for last week, and we played another two for this week. Yeah. So this week we are talking about The Cat and the Coup and Frog Fractions. I'm, I'm making, I'm making like a fist, fist punching motion at the mention of Frog Fractions. <laughs> I love that game so much. Yeah. We, will, we will get, to, we will get to Frog Fractions. But yes. first, we will first. talk about The Cat and the Coup. And I guess since, uh, since this was my pitch, I'll, I'll just sort of describe the basics of the game. Um, so The Cat and the Coup is a game from USC made by uh, professors, uh, Professor Peter Brinson and uh, Karosh Valanajad, who's the uh, art director of the USC Game Lab. And it is a documentary game about the uh, CIA coup to take out uh, Mohammed Mossadegh, who was uh, the democratically elected prime minister of Iran in I want to say the 50s. I looked this up. Yes. Yeah. From yes. like 51 yes. to 53. Um, and it's it's like not a topic that people know a whole lot about. So I, I gather they, you know, they wanted to sort of bring awareness uh, to it. And it's, um, it's a puzzle game where you play as the uh, prime minister's cat. Um, and you lead him through a series of rooms, each of which is like based on sort of a different historic moment or event uh, along this like series of events that led to the coup or that were part of the coup and you you know you get through everything and then the game sort of like rewinds itself and plays backwards with some of the sort of metaphor unveiled a little bit and you just get like this is the sequence of events of the things that happened and it's a really quick little game. I think even including like watching the playback at the end, it took me like twelve minutes to play. I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's got a really sort of fascinating art style based on like old Persian tapestries uh, and stuff like that. And so it's an interesting it's an interesting little serious game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not talk too much about it because as I realized as I was playing it that like shoot I've heard so much of like you know, listen to Karush talking about, like, the ideas behind this game and, like, seeing it in progress, like, it's it's very difficult for me to be objective about this game in any way because I'm, you know, I, I directly know the people who made it, so. Well, that's a bummer because I feel like I'm, like, too dumb to say much about this <laughs> game. I don't, I mean, I really liked it. Um, it. It did a lot of really good stuff, especially, I mean, I'm I'm a big dumb art nerd. So obviously that's the thing that I paid the most attention to. Um, and that was great. Yeah. Ooh, baby. You mentioned <laughs> that you play as his cat. Yes, I think I said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, so, so did he like have a cat or is the cat a fictional I think creation? the cat is fictionalized. Okay. I mean, he may have had a cat. If so, I did not find it. Cause I, I actually went to like research a little bit about the coup afterwards. And they don't mention a cat anywhere, but I'm not sure why they would. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. I, I also um, did some reading afterwards, which... Unless the cat was the ma mastermind behind it. Ooh. Mm. Revealing the secret truth. We gotta, we gotta get our cork board with, like, all these pictures of cats and strings connecting them. <laughs> the conspiracy In theory. the middle of it just says, like, ruse. 
in <laughs> big letters. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, I mean, that's actually uh, like it's fascinating that we'd say that because as similar to Kyla, I have also personal connection to this mm-hmm. game through its creators because it, it comes out of the lab where I work. Uh, and I have um, I have seen them talk about it a lot of times. And um, uh, as far as I know, I mean, the cat is is certainly fictionalized. I don't think he had a cat. Um, if he did, this cat was not based on on a cat, any cat that he had. Uh, but the cat, the cat is intended to sort of represent the um, the subtle manipulation of the CIA uh, in his rule in in the period that in in which he governed, okay. and so like there is something like really. Uh, literally true in the intent of the game, at least, about the idea that the cat was behind the whole thing uh, and and deserves sort of a paranoid uh, conspiracy board. Okay, that's I I was actually sort of thinking or wondering if that was what the interpretation of the cat was supposed to be because the whole time I was playing, I caught myself thinking, "Man, this cat is really a jerk," yeah. like the whole time. Yes, um, yes. and I felt really bad about. Being that cat, yeah, you're like always knocking the guy over and like hitting stuff into him. And... Yeah, I felt bad because I was driving this plot forward as the mm-hmm. cat. Yeah, it felt like I did. I changed the story. Yeah, and you're driving him into like these successive pretty terrible scenarios. Like you're driving him into like a tiny box room where like people are stealing all his stuff and you're driving him into like a courtroom where he's being like tried and you know it's you you it really feels like you're driving him into some horrible situation yeah i mean even the very first room that you start out in it's like 1967 mohammed mosaday is dead and then he like the ghost like gets up and then you sort of lead the ghost through but it's like that sets the tone yeah yeah, it does have a very, like, it's very good about having an ominous sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel, like, uncomfortable, like, bad things are happening or about to happen. Yeah. And, yeah, starting with the character being dead definitely sets the scene for that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that plays into that unease. Like, the the very disparate styles within the art, um, the the music, which is slightly out of key... Yeah, parts. Like slightly, slightly discordant mm-hmm. kind of thing going on, yeah. Yeah, it, it really does uh, nail that tone, so that's good. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, so um, since, since we started with the metaphor of the cat, like, this is such a, like, heavily, like, metaphorically layered game. Like, all the characters on the way down have, like, animal representations like, there's all these people with, like, lizard heads and rabbit heads and bulldog heads. And then as you go back up, you see, like, all the source material. So you see, like, you know, oh, this is actually, like, a clipping from this newspaper. And this mm-hmm. is a clipping from, you know, this newspaper. And this is this report and so on and so forth. And uh, all the peoples are turned into, like, the actual photographs of the people that they represented. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, the rabbit is Truman, if I recall correctly. And the... Like the bulldog is Churchill, mm-hmm. um, right? Well, I... okay, but the the so one of the things that kind of bothers me about the game is that um, 
I, you're absolutely right. It's got these like layers of metaphor, which is fascinating. I love how that's constructed. And I, I like the idea that it like in rewinding or, or like re fast forwarding time, uh, it's, it's trying to pull away all of the obfuscation of metaphor. Um, but I'm not sure that it does it really effectively. <laughs> and, and so like, I mean, I get that the bulldog is Churchill, but I mostly get that cause he's always wearing like a union Jack bowler cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just like makes him look like Churchill. Uh, but like, what's what's with the what's with the lizard American oh. Superman? Yeah, I was wondering about that as well because I've like bulldog made sense to me as well because like English bulldog England. Right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I've never seen Americans or America characterized as lizards. So I, that one sort of threw me for a loop. Is, oh, I was told who that represented at one point, and I don't remember anymore. I want to say it was like the CIA director or something like okay. that, but I really I don't remember. Okay, yeah, because I I know there I from talking to Karosh, I know there is like a one to one correlation. Okay. To, oh, no for, doubt. Yeah, and 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 same. Like I have having some behind the scenes experience. Like there's there's an enormous amount of thought that went into every aspect of this game. And so I don't doubt that for a minute, but I do feel like, I mean, that's kind of my point is that uh, the game doesn't really tell you who that is. And even if you Kyla were told external (laughs) to the game, who that is, it's not like, there's nothing in the game that actually makes that stick. Mm -hmm. And even the, um, I think when they do the pan up and you're like reading the documents, it's still a little disjointed if you don't actually know the historical context. Um, yeah. Because it's it's a good thing of like saying like, hey, this thing happened, but it's not really great about providing specific detail. I think, so this is why, this makes me curious about um, how much this game is sort of a like a call to, not a call to arms exactly, but like a call to research. It's like, yeah. so how many people like after playing this game went and looked up the coup to find the details. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, and I had I had the same sort of, like, curiosity as, like, wondering who this game is for and what the intent is, because it does feel like there's some sort of call to action implied in keeping the details vague, which is why I went and looked it up and did some reading. Um, Fascinating. But I, I guess what I'm wondering is uh, who is the intended audience for this game sort of like yeah, is it that's... is it meant for people who like don't know anything about this or for people who are aware that it happened but don't know the specifics or for people who um i mean given that you know, it's I, given it... that it's like an indie game we can only assume that to some extent the audience can only be like a subset of people who know enough about indie games to discover an indie game yeah you know so it's some proportion of gamers um, who right. like maybe are interested in trying something historically and I, I would say at a guess it's probably meant more for people who have never heard of this than people who have. That makes sense. I mean I'm assuming yeah. that that's probably more people than not, <laughs> yeah. uh, just in general. <laughs> so. And it's a pretty shady piece of American history. Like, oh, when yeah. you, So to, to bring context for those who like don't know, basically um, in like the 1950s, Iran had um, 
elected a democratic leader who was pretty popular with the with the people, um, but he wanted to nationalize the uh, the Iranian oil uh, oil systems because uh, they were owned by like British factories, basically, like and by British companies, and were getting horribly exploited. Yeah, by the like, British companies. Yeah, and they like wouldn't even let. Um, like Iranian uh, officials in to like audit their books, which implies they were probably doing some really sketchy stuff mm -hmm. with the money. Um, and so there was a joint, the, the British uh, SIS and the American CIA um, decided that the solution for this was to like send in agents to like bribe people to and, you know, and, and talk people into going against the government and destabilizing the government and putting the, the monarchy back in control. Mm -hmm. um, which is, like, kind of horribly ironic in the context of the modern, like, you know, democracy, spread democracy across the Middle East, you know, right. like yeah. rhetoric of, of politics, where you say, like, well, no, the Middle East had democracy and we ruined it. Yep. <laughs> like, we literally destroyed their democracy. Yeah. And yeah, so he was very well loved, but due to like things like you know, they they brought they bribed the CIA bribed a mob to like attack his house and stuff like that, and you know basically drove him out of power uh, and put back in uh, a government that would be more sympathetic to British oil interests and let let the oil companies keep their. <laughs> Yeah, keep their interests, which and, is like really sad and really terrible, mm -hmm. and the people just like don't know much about it in the U.S. Like it's yeah. not a very well known as as I think are many of the atrocities that we have committed over you know. our storied history. <laughs> it's, it's true. Right. It's actually it's kind of interesting. My um my boyfriend's family um he has a lot of relatives who have worked for the CIA like in pretty highly classified operations according to what I've heard which is kind of terrifying <laughs> so that's just an interesting aside yeah huh it's this must be such a weird thing so yeah this was like yeah. this, the documents we know about this because like this the stuff was declassified like 60 years later mm -hmm. or so and like people finally found out about what happened and of course by that point like nobody knows or cares anymore so there's not like a huge outcry because or, everyone involved is dead. Yeah. So. And it's just, you know, it's just the people who, for instance, happen across this game and are compelled to do some research who go like, wow, look at that. We did a really shitty thing as a, as a government at that point. Which, I mean, I think that's, to, to your point, that's exactly the reason that the game exists. That's, mm -hmm. that's the intent behind the game. Uh, and, I mean, talking about audience... I mean, I, I think, Kelso, you're like exactly the audience because you didn't know anything about this uh, and then you played the game and then you did some research. And I, I, as far as I know and imagine, that's like, that's A plus success in their books. That's what they yeah. wanted to drive. I, I feel like I was strongly compelled enough that I sort of felt maybe this is what they're going for. Right, so, right. So good job. You did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I really like about the game is the whole sort of like the way that it feels like you are a jerk when you were the cat. Like, yeah. like that. I think that's really 
True to like, the CIA and true to cats. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's actually a really compelling metaphor. Um, uh, and, I mean, my cat has never, like, n- jumped off a chandelier and physically knocked me to the floor, for which I am thankful. <laughs> well, um, do you own any chandeliers? Like, no. It could just yeah, be I think that's the only reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my cat's also pretty fat and lazy. I don't think he would... I don't think he would be able to just leap straight up from the floor to a chandelier, but I don't maybe. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, uh, I, I found it... I found, like, I liked that metaphor and I liked that experience and that seemed like it fit well with the sort of overall idea. One of the things that bothered me about the game was that, like, that gameplay doesn't tie into all of the specifics. There's so much detail in the game, in, like, the artwork and in the metaphor and in the headlines. And, like, it's, it is, it is really pretty intricate a piece of history that it's describing um and i felt like none of that intricacy was represented in the the actual play of the game but you guys yeah, are making gonna bring that up <laughs> well you, but 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 you guys are making me think like that is the effect that that has that that sort of vagueness creates an opportunity in the player to like go and do more research and so you know, making a fundamental assumption that is true that uh, a 15 minute game couldn't tell you everything there is to know about Mosadef. Like, uh, if, if that, if sort of like hinting at these details, I guess, hinting at layers of meaning and not explaining them helps propel people towards doing their own outside research, then. Uh, that that actually seems like a really effective strategy. Yeah, it seems like it really worked, at least. Yeah. yeah. At least for people who played the game. Uh, the thing I don't really like about this game is the mechanic feels so... feels so weird compared to the theme of the game. I wasn't expecting, like, gravity or physics-based puzzles, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, so that was the th- next thing I was going to ask about was, like, what did people think of the gameplay? <laughs> like, in terms of just puzzles and puzzle design. Because I agree that, like, I feel like the tone is set very well by the game, but I feel like in terms of, you know, having the systems of play actually represent what you're doing, like, short of, like, a general metaphor on manipulation... It doesn't have that much to do with like, you know, what's what's. Although you know, I don't know, like the thing about there's that thing where there's a. With the the Truman rabbit is like trying to keep a hold of of uh, the prime minister, and mm-hmm. you're yeah. like using oil to like grease them apart. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. So I guess that's not entirely fair to say that the the play doesn't at all represent uh, the metaphor. Mm-hmm. But it does feel a little bit like, yeah, controlling the cat and like doing these sort of very abstract puzzles does feel a little bit odd. Was yeah, it- it's way too much like puzzles, I think. They, like they, rather they than actually pro- driving the game forward. Interesting. So you would like it to be less puzzly? Yes. I could see or that. Less. 
or maybe maybe more disguised puzzles. Yeah, I I feel like in some places the progression from room to room felt a little arbitrary. It's like I don't know. There was one where it's like you're making him like knock holes in the ground, which seemed very strange. Why are you <laughs> doing that? Yeah. Well, you're in a courtroom, so maybe you're like you know, knocking holes in his case. He has nothing to stand on. I think there I were think... two rooms where you have to knock holes in the floor, though. Yeah, There's one at there. the bottom where you knock ho- holes in the floor that the oil comes out of, right? Uh, that's yeah. The thing that, that's the thing that precipitates the whole, like, floating up to the top. Yeah. Reverse thing that and happens. And then there's, I think, like, the very second room. I'm actually looking at a picture of it now. It is Maybe the second room. Maybe there are three rooms where you knock holes yeah, in the floor. Yeah, because there's... Maybe there's an overuse of holes in the floor. <laughs> Oh no, this one, the second room is not holes in the floor. The second one is splashes of ink on the floor. Yeah. And the, the room is uh, balanced on the tip of a, of a, pen. Of a pen. Yeah, that's, and he sli- you slip him out of the room. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you slip him out of the room. Yeah, like he, you, you have to get him slowly sliding and then tilt the, door so, or tilt the room so the door opens right at the last second and he like, slides out of the room. You, okay, so it turns out you actually don't have to do that. Uh, because because I did not do that. Um, I, uh, I I knocked the ink pot onto the ground and then quickly shifted the weight of the room so that the ink pot fell out of the door. Uh, and then Mosadef went like chasing after it. Oh, but wait, I, think that's, I think that's what I did as well. Yeah, I did that too. Okay, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe... maybe I just mistook the animation for him like falling. That could be it. Well, or there might be a couple of ways that that can go. I don't know. That could be possible. Because I actually, I thought there was a really nice progression in the puzzles of, uh, I, there's there were basically two types of puzzles, and, and one of them was, like, about knocking holes in the floor, and one of them was about sort of, like, getting Mosadef out of doors, opening and closing doors. And they they ramped up kind of nicely. Like the first one was pretty simple, and then it became a little bit more complicated to uh, to get those doors to do what you wanted and to like make things happen. Yeah. yeah but that's. But is is there really a reason to have it more complicated? Well, that's I. Well, okay. So that's a question. Like, is there? I would say that there is. I would say that for just the purposes of an emotional art there's a reason to have the intensity of the challenge increase as you play the game. But I but I do, I will say that like playing the game the way that I felt was very manipulative. It was very much like, okay, so here's a little room that has a guy in it and I wanna get him out of the room. And this is clearly a puzzle. Like it's very, very puzzle-like. Uh, how, what can I do? What can I manipulate in the room to like get that guy out? Uh, which, to me, yeah, that's that is super puzzly, and it maybe takes away from the like my ability to 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 take in and process all of the other stuff that's going on, the artwork and the the names and dates and and events that are happening, but it. It does make me, it creates this really strong feeling for me that, like, the cat, the CIA, in this situation is being, like, super deliberately manipulative. And, and like, every situation that Mosadef gets into 
it, there's a little bit of a puzzle for the for the U.S. of like how do we get him out of this? Tip tip the scenario to our advantage, exactly. as it were. Which also figures in because there's a lot of rooms where you're literally tipping the room in yeah. either direction. Yeah. So controlling the right. balance. Yeah. Um, right. So this that actually makes me think of a sort of a really interesting parallel um, from of all things the Cat Lady. Um, appropriately enough, yeah. uh, which is when we first hit the part of the Cat Lady where it was like really adventure gamey, where you you're in the hospital and you're like, okay, so let's I I can turn sinks on and off. I can have a a collection of rubber gloves. <laughs> I have a little container for medicine, and I have a giant throbbing demon heart. Like, how can I combine these items to like? <laughs> To do to solve the puzzle. I've got um, a woman on a lot of drugs who knows something that I need to know. Yeah. yeah. And I, there's a clipboard, but there's like a nurse guarding the clipboard, and I need to see the clipboard, so I have to get the nurse away from the clipboard. You know, yeah. And so all of a sudden it got really puzzle gamey, like adventure gamey, and uh, that really cut the horror for me because the game stopped being scary because I instantly went into like, oh, this is a this is an adventure game. I know how to do adventure mm-hmm. games. I'm in adventure mm-hmm. game mode. So I wonder if to some extent, like, having these be puzzles doesn't sort of lull you off guard, like, put you into, like, this is a game, you know how to play a game, like, let's, you know, let's put you into a, a place where you feel, like, secure and in control, and that's sort of like this, you know, you are this CIA mastermind, you are mm-hmm. this secure, in-control person manipulating the system mm-hmm. in a very, in a very, like, clinical and unemotional way because you're used to solving puzzles. You don't think of it as manipulating a person, you think of it as solving a puzzle. I think I would have gotten more of that feeling if they had actually characterized us directly as the CIA agent rather <laughs> so than saying you're a cat. You're an asshole um, cat. That, that, would, that would have changed the feel drastically. Um, yeah, I definitely at first thought I was supposed to be um, Mossadegh's protector because I somehow, you know, I thought of Pet and I thought like, oh, the Pet is, I'm on his side. Yeah. I'm like, you know, but then the more stuff you do, the more it goes like, wait a minute, I am clearly not on this guy's side. I'm doing terrible things to mm-hmm. this guy. Which, I mean, arguably you could take the same stance historically and say, you know, the, the U.S. has always had rhetoric around advancing de- democracy and and setting people free and uh and on the face of it you would think that this democratically elected leader uh halfway across the world in a historically undemocratic nation like uh the the u.s should be a, an advocate of that should be a protector mm-hmm. um and then, and so there is there. I think there is something like super sinister hmm. about both the the metaphor and the underlying story. Yeah, the story more than <laughs> more than anything. But yeah. yes. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We saw when we went to recently um, the the science museum up here in Seattle had a, an exhibit about spying throughout history, and they had a they had like a little a little plaque with the whole thing about this coup and it was not it was presented in a remarkably like patriotic light that made me a little uncomfortable like 
look how clever the U.S. was at being able to do these kinds of manipulations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. distasteful. <laughs> like, yeah, why are you celebrating this? That's not great. I mean, they can probably get away with celebrating it because, as we've established, not a whole lot of people have much awareness of this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I don't have a lot of context on it. And I mean, it wasn't like super bombastic, like, this like, was amazing! Look booyah! Look. Yeah. America! Yeah, yeah, it was more of like, this is, you know, this is the sort of, like, skilled covert operations that the CIA has taken care of throughout mm. throughout history. Hmm. I have a question. Mm-hmm. All here went into the game, I, at least I think, knowing what the game was about. Do you think uh, it would have changed your view on the game if you didn't know? I think not, at least in my case. Like, I knew, like, only the vaguest bits of of expositional knowledge on this game. Um, otherwise, I really didn't know anything. Um, I'm, I feel like I might have been taken by surprise by the fact that it's a documentary game at all, because documentary games are super uncommon. Yeah, that, that's right. true. That yeah. might have been a case, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I find it really difficult to answer that question because I um, yeah I I I I'm having a hard time like imagining my experience of playing this game removed from all of the stuff that I I sort of knew coming into it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like is it that easy to grasp? that it's I, a documentary of, about well, the CIA and... Okay, so some of it does seem pretty upfront to me. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the headings on each of the rooms as you go backwards, and then the additional sort of textual information that appears as you, uh, at the end of the game, resume, you go through forwards again. Um... Like, all of that, like, like, I think I certainly would have understood, hey, this is a documentary game. Like, this is telling a historical story. Uh, Totally, it's... Get it explained to you at the end. Yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, like, you get some of it explained to you, but I don't know if... If you get... I I don't know. Like, I feel like it's really important that you understand that you know, the cat is representative of the CIA. And I could sort of, there's a lot of just text. There's a lot of just history that gets thrown at you as you're playing the game. And there's other stuff going on that's distracting. And I, I will, I mean, I I will freely admit that I'm, I was a terrible history student. Like (laughs) history is not my field. Uh, But, but I, found that overwhelming i found it kind of hard to keep track of like okay so what is the story here what are what is actually to keep a hold of the thread of that narrative and i definitely got like hey here's this guy who got elected and then like bad stuff happened to him and he had a lot of trouble and uh it seems like people turned on him and he ended up in prison and dying and that's kind of a tragedy but i don't know I don't know how strongly I get like the CIA did this. Like yeah. th- that is that's who you're playing. 
that's yeah. what this game represents. Yeah, other than the feeling of this is very ominous and like something is very wrong about this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I totally agree with that. I feel like there's there's a lot of density of information that's difficult to parse and to play the game at the same time. Yeah, I, I definitely had trouble with that. Um, just Especially because you're going backwards and because the text is all pretty vague. It, it all reads like newspaper headlines to me. Mm-hmm. And newspaper headlines just give you like <clears throat> the basest information to get you to read the story. Um, and after a point, I felt like I was reading the, the text in each room and not really processing it. Yeah. Because there's there's just a lot going on. Because um, you have to go through the puzzles and deal with all of this visual stimulus from these extremely detailed scenes everywhere. Um, and I, I, it, it all felt extremely murky until I got to the end and it sort of rewound and well not rewound like went forward chronologically again and i sort of had this moment of oh that's what happened yeah where they literally like take control of the game away from you and go just read this just yeah. take a look at this right. and, read it. and that that segment was like sort of a relief honestly of like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna learn a thing now yeah. i have been infiltrated by the cia <laughs> yeah, by the way Lippo, yeah. Lippo is manipulating the podcast hi buddy Oh boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I was gonna say something, but Flippo has completely distracted me. Now. Sorry, I'm being <laughs> manipulated into petting him. So. Uh, wouldn't you couldn't you couldn't have, it wouldn't have been a believable antagonist the cat if it was named Flippo. It's true. Flippo is too adorable a name for a cat to be. <laughs> I made it up when I was twelve. <laughs> Actually, I like eleven, ten, younger than that. I don't know. I made it up. <laughs> and you were talking. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the sort of documentary aspect and the, the density of the thing. Oh, but I was going to say that, you know, as we, as we sort of said earlier, I think the intent is that this sort of, like, gives you a flavor of the thing with the thought that, you know, it will give you just enough to be interested to go and research it yourself. Right. And actually mm-hmm. find out the details. Yeah. Um, which ultimately it seems like it's not terrible at doing. Yeah, I mean it worked. It worked on me, so. Yeah, worked on you. Worked on me. I was. I mean, to some extent, that was because I knew I was going to be discussing this. But I was like, you know, like I know a little bit about this, but I don't feel like I fully like have all the details. So let me just go and brush up and remind myself like exactly what the sequence events of events was and exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's good. We should try and educate ourselves about <laughs> about things. About the sketchy things that our country has done. Yep. Which, or in Carl's case, the sketchy yeah. things that other people's countries have yeah. done. Right. Not you, Carl. You're you, you're okay. You're not sketchy. I can research my own country. Yes. Tell <laughs> us about the sketchy things that your country has it's done. Not, it's not anything sketchy. We've been to war. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You can you can make some documentary games about the sketchy Swedish history. <laughs> maybe that should be your game project. Maybe you should maybe that should be what you what you do your torture playtest on. Yeah. Confront the <laughs> confront the terribleness of your own history. <laughs> Psychological experiment. That's actually really interesting how people don't generally think of the incredibly bad things 
your own country has done. It's true. Yeah, it's really, really easy to notice it in other people and really easy to just conveniently overlook it when it's your own government. But we have done some pretty damn shady things. Yeah, but... like we are. Yeah, we've done some pretty bad stuff over here that I think I think it's hard. It's really hard to ignore. You know those smallpox blankets. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yep. basically yep. anything involving the the treatment of Native Americans or the treatment of Black people in this country. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Japanese internment camps. Yeah, there you go. Uh... And I'm plus I'm sure a lot of others that we don't know about that yeah. are like equally bad that we just like that never occur to us because like just like because this. they're still classified. Yeah. yeah, they're still classified or they were, you know, declassified at a time where they didn't create an uproar and so they're just not generally you know, like I don't remember learning about this in high school. Maybe yeah, I did. Definitely but, not. But, you know, it wasn't deemed like an important enough thing to mention, but it's uh I don't know, it's an interesting it's an interesting and informative piece of our history. Yeah. God, why are we such dicks? I, I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, my my gut answer is because oil. Um, <laughs> because we're just... In this case, it wasn't even that much for our own... Like, it was yeah. for our own oil interests, but it was mostly because the British asked us to do this. Yeah. They're like, hey, can you... You're our allies. Can you protect our oil interests for us? And we were like, Sure. We, yeah. have, we have spies to do that. That's the weird part, yeah. Mm. Shady things. Anyway, on a lighter note, we have a second game to talk about. <laughs> Unless any, does anybody else have like any final comments on Cat and the Coup they want to drop? I think we, we shook it out pretty well. Alright, so let's talk about Frog Fractions. <laughs> Yes. Who uh, uh, should I intro? Frog fractions. Do you want yes, to intro? Yes, I'm actually. I'm actually gonna run really quickly to the bathroom. So you're intro frog. Okay, fractions. I'm in. I'm in charge of frog fractions. So frog fractions is a game that ostensibly will teach you about fractions. Ostensibly. Um, it. I learned so teach. much about fractions. Did we learn? I think we learned. Um, so spoiler: there, there are fractions in the game. <laughs> you don't really interact with them. In any way. So the game starts out where you're a little frog on a little lily pad in a pond. And uh, bugs come down from the top of the screen and start eating these apples that are on the shore of the pond. Um, and you can eat the bugs to keep them from, like, destroying the fruits. Uh, and when you eat a bug, it, it generates a fraction in the air. And your score is a fraction. <laughs> of some significance um, and you collect the apples and as you collect the apples you unlock upgrades and some of them are upgrades that like make it easier to catch flies or to make mm -hmm. the flies not eat the fruit as quickly and some of them or make it harder to catch flies yeah, <laughs> yeah that too um, some of them like for example you get a turtle with the turtle you can dive under the water of the pond and at the bottom of the pond is can just you, infinite no, fruit. You can't no, do that the, with the turtle. The dragon. The, the turtle only goes back and forth. The dragon goes up and down. I'm pretty sure the turtle goes down. Don't think so. Mm. I think you need the dragon. Okay, maybe I, I yeah. I don't know, because I was stuck at that for longer than I wanted yeah. it. I was, I was, don't feel bad. I was stuck at that part for a long <laughs> time as well. Yeah, anyway, I, either the turtle or the dragon eventually gets you infinite fruit. 
Um, and then with that infinite fruit, you can go into space. And you go into space to Bug Mars, mm-hmm. which is the planet that all the bugs from come from. Mm-hmm. And once you get to Bug Mars, the game changes and it becomes a... I don't know, it's like a sort of Phoenix Wright thing where you're being interrogated by the judge and you have to answer the correct questions about about Bug Mars. Um, and eventually... Except you don't because all the questions, yeah. all the answers are the correct answer, yeah. but yes. Um, and eventually you gain citizenship on Bug Mars and then you just start doing the same thing as you were doing at the beginning of the game on Bug Mars until you go under the water. And you explore some underwater caverns, sort of Aquaria style, while listening to voiceovers about um, boxing and gentlemen's boxing. The best um, story I have ever heard. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Yes. Um, and eventually, after enough exploration underwater, um, there are also some walrus mermen who uh, are so sitting... Just, by the way, I just tested right now, and you're totally right, Kelso. You can go underwater as Okay, a that's what I was thinking. Um, but the dragon is so cool! The dragon is so cool. The dragon... Can, you, can the turtle get the warp drive? Or can only the dragon get the warp drive? I think only the dragon can get the warp drive. Okay, so you still cause... have to get to the dragon before yeah. you can go to space. You need, you need static tongue and turtle to get dragon, and you need dragon to get warp drive. Okay. These are all got upgrades. It. Got it, got it. Um, okay. So, eventually, after exploring underwater on Mars with your dragon, uh, you find a spaceship. And from there, the game turns into a text-based adventure game, where you have to... I don't know, I I was sort of unclear as to what had happened. I think you took the spaceship out into space, and it was going to some unknown destination, and you had to turn it around to get back to Bug Mars. Yeah, I think that's correct. So, then you get back to Bug Mars... And you become the president of Bug Mars. Well, I first you have DDR. to run for president. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Via rhythm games. Yeah, the rhythm. I forgot about the rhythm game, because I I am so bad at at like keyboard based rhythm games. They just, I don't know. My brain can't parse like the directions easily. Uh, so you you do that. You do a little DDR se- segment to uh, become the president, and then you become the president. And while you are the president, you go through, again, sort of a text-based interface to determine how much bug porn you are making per day and how much you are selling your bug porn for. And I believe that's... you're somehow... Con- I, th- I believe this bug porn is somehow the basis of the bug Mars economy. Yeah, that's it what seems it seems like. It seems like that, yeah. Yeah, so you're playing an, e- you're playing an econ sim, basically. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, the bug porn generates your government's revenue. Um, and if you screw it up, you can just have them print more money for you, which is great because then it says, I guess we'll let your successor worry about the inflation problem. And I yeah. felt sort of bad. I, I, I realized after two rounds, like, wait, I don't have to play this economy, yeah. I can just print any money I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and after, well, let's see, you have to buy a few more upgrades once, once you're the president. Um, and the final upgrade is the presidential swimming pool. And once you have unlocked the presidential swimming pool, you have won the game. Well, no, you have to go back to you go back to the original frog fractions. Oh crap! You do go back to the original frog fractions, yeah. Do you? I th- yeah, for like a second. Yeah, I just think. very briefly. I, and, I think. Yeah. 
Um, oh no, I guess maybe there's no gameplay, but the but the you dive underwater. Do you dive underwater? Okay. I think you dive underwater to trigger the, the end credits. That's I what I. Wrong. That's what I. Oh, you you may be thinking of there is a point in the text adventure where you have a scary dream. Yes. Where you go I back to the original oh, right. factions, and, but you are a human standing right. on the lily pad. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess you don't go back to the original Frog Fractions gameplay, but you the the final scene, the way that it is set up is extremely reminiscent of that original. Yeah, because you're on the back of the turtle, going back and forth across a little pond, and yep, yeah. So it is super. It is a super random game full of super random things. Yep, super random, crazy. Yeah. Also, also reads like somebody challenged somebody else to put as many genres of a game of game into one game as they possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I just want to know how they came up with the idea of fractions. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I, I feel like if you're picking like the most innocuous, like what would be the like worst cheapest like, terrible math game kind of thing. Like, everybody's always trying to make a good Fractions game. And there's so many, like, terrible math games ah. that are all the, like, all the stuff that, Sean, you talked about in your talk on, uh, like, chocolate-covered broccoli. Like, math falls so hard into chocolate-covered broccoli sometimes. Yeah. For, mm -hmm. uh, for like, you know, your old... What was... Was it Math Blaster? That old one where yeah. you, like, just yeah, shot asteroids with the answers to math questions on them? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, like, there's a, I mean, uh, part of the aesthetic of this game, I think, was hiding what it really is in something innocuous, right? And and so you could create, you could you could almost believe that that original Frog Fractions, that original setup was actually somebody trying to make a Fractions game. Except that uh, it has nothing to do with Fractions in any yeah, way. Same with most Fractions games. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, think the, I think the first big giveaway is, um, I, I have the game open right now, and your menu at the start of the game is, so your, your score is a series of Fractions yes. that make no sense. You have a counter for fruit, you have a counter for Zorkmids, and you have a counter for indignity. Yep. The indignity meter, I think, is one of the greatest innovations <laughs> in gaming uh, mm -hmm. that I have seen in my lifetime. Definitely. Uh, I... Well, let me tell you, if you feel strongly about indignity meters, it would not be difficult for me to put an indignity meter and turn up the heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can add that. Okay. Oh, I All forgot. Right. I forgot. Also, by the way, that there is an upgrade. That once you get the upgrade, the uh, cybernetic brain. Oh yeah. It changes everything from fractions to scientific notation. Yes, it oh, does. Oh, is that the? Is that what that one does? That that was not actually the thought. I the thing I thought you were going to mention, which is the successive locking and unlocking of uh, <laughs> auto target. Yeah. Did you talk about that while I was gone? No. No. Yeah. So so there's a there's an upgrade. That's like auto target, where like a little reticle appears on a bug, and like when it, you know, it automatically targets the bug closest to you when you use your frog tongue. Um, and then there's another uh, upgrade that only is available once you have auto target. That is remove auto target. That's like get, that's you know, get much more expensive. Well, yeah, it's like get get surgery to remove. 
this upgrade because yeah. it turns out you don't actually need it. It says, um, since, since I've got the upgrades up already right now, it says, the chicks don't dig on cyborgs and it makes licking bugs less fun anyway. Get the surgeon to uninstall it. And the little icon for the... Uh, remove lock-on targeting is just like a little box cutter knife yeah. which i thought was great oh, yeah it has a different tool tip every time yeah oh, so does that's it? The thing okay. is when you so when you when you select that uh it then opens another upgrade which is which is like a new icon that appears on the side that says reinstall auto target and then if you take that it's uninstall auto target and if you take that there's another reinstall one and every time you click on these there's like different text at the bottom that starts to like tell its own story oh it's just like two guys yeah it's like two guys (laughs) arguing over whether or not to like whether or not auto targeting is is worthwhile and then they start talking about like going to get waffles because they're bored because you haven't progressed in the game at all wow that's (laughs) That's amazing i didn't see that yeah this thing goes on Forever. I I got it's to it. way too long. <laughs> the game the, in general or that upgrade chain? That upgrade tree. Oh. You can sit there for like yeah, 30 I got minutes. It, yeah, I got it so I filled up all of the right side of the screen and then it started putting icons on the left side of the screen as well. And I'm and that's when they start talking about like why are we still here? It's like, oh, because the frog hasn't figured out the secret thing you need to do to progress. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is not the thing I'm supposed to be doing. I thought, so, like, successively picking and unpicking this upgrade was the was going to be the game. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and, and so uh, that's actually really, that's really interesting to me, Kyla. So, uh, unfortunately, both of these games uh, I played for the first time for uh for four in february i had never actually played cat in the coup all the way through uh as many presentations on the game as i have given uh (laughs) i've never played the whole thing like start to finish um and and frog fractions also i've never actually played frog fractions although i was aware of it and um and for that like I, i guess almost unfortunately um there was so much buzz around frog fractions that I sort of knew, I, I knew the joke. I knew that like it starts out as a fractions game. And then if you take the dragon underwater, then it turns into other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, I didn't have a moment of like, okay, so this, this fractions game is pretty bad. Like what the heck is going on? Like what is supposed to happen? I didn't have a moment of discovery of like, oh, the, the 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 animal that can move like not only moves laterally but can actually move down off of the screen. So it's so stupid. Once I got the dragon, I tried moving off every side of the screen except down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I thought this was, I, I you know, because I I didn't actually, I had not been quite spoiled on it, but I had figured like. People are so excited about this game; it can't just be a game about fractions. Like there, there's got to right. be some some silly twist to it. Um, so I was like, "Oh man, you know this this character lets me go all over the place. I wonder if I can escape using this character." And I tried. I'm like, hmm, "I guess not. Uh, I guess there must be something else." <laughs> and that's when I just started just trying that upgrade chain. Well, yeah. At least you got that brilliant that brilliant little bit of dialogue in the in the uh, upgrade <laughs> that's menu. Awesome. Yeah. And so, if you do it long enough, it gives you kind of a hint about what you should do. So there's that. Does yeah. it give you? Does it? Does it give you a, a a guidance or just sort of like, hey, there is a secret thing that you're missing? 
Yeah, more the latter. More like, because um, I believe the exact text is, one of the characters says, like, uh, why are we still here? And mm-hmm. then the other character says, um, because the frog hasn't done everything they need in order to proceed to the next part. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, and that's it. So and, you know, like, oh, there's a trick to this somehow, and right. I know there's, like, I need, like, a billion fruit or whatever to, to unlock right. this, the, the next unlock. So that seems to be the only other thing I can do. There must be something else. So, so was that enough to get you there? To like? Um, well, so for a long time, I, ju- I was trying to catch those little presents that the flies drop sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could not for the life of me manage to actually be underneath one of those when they fell. Yeah, I don't think I ever caught one of those either. I'm not sure you can. I, I, I'm starting to believe that it's actually like rigged in such a way that it only falls like someplace that you're not over it. it yeah, mm-hmm. that might be the case. Because I know, um, I know I had a couple drop when I was um, going to bug Mars, mm-hmm. and I couldn't catch either of those either, which is a shame. Yeah, so, um, so from that, like, so I was, while I was trying to catch the presence, I happened to like hit the down button just a moment too long while I was surfing around on the dragon at one point. And sort of accidentally stumble into, oh, I can go down, it seems. Uh Uh-huh. So I wouldn't say that, like, I I knew from the hint that there was something else, so I was actively on the lookout for things. Right. But I didn't go down because the hint told me to go down. Right. Hmm. Um, But yeah, and God. But but it seems like, I mean, it is kind of a small enough play space that maybe actively looking for it is enough to get... Yeah, there's really there. only so many things you can do, and it, it's very clear that like you are not accruing fruit fast enough that playing this, just playing the game, will get you to the point of that warp drive. Right. Yeah, because eventually, I, you need like you know hundreds of thousands of fruit for an upgrade. It's like well, yeah, and okay. you get like six or seven per round. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like at most. Right. Yeah, and and six or seven, if you can actually stay at a pretty constant fruit level, if you keep equipping and unequipping those two, uh, those two things, because they cost about as much as you get in a round, to uh, to equip the next one. Uh, oh, gotcha. Um, so they're yeah, their prices don't go up; they just stay like it's like six fruit and eight fruit or something like that. So you don't have to, you don't have to do a lot, to. Uh, to get that but like you can and I was torn between like do I actually want to save up and see if like something happens that it starts becoming exponential or do I want to keep locking and unlocking like this this upgrade because to read more of this text right it was a really funny text though (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually like stealth playing the game right now because I want to I want to see if I can get some of that text not that stealth. I can hear you clicking. I know, but it's because my keyboard is stupid loud. <laughs> You're like Thano playing Nuclear Throne <laughs> during yeah. the podcast. At least I'm learning. Well, yeah. Also, you're, at least you're playing the game that we, we're talking about as well. Right. <clears throat> so, um, uh, I just out of curiosity, what was everybody's favorite part of the game and what was everybody's favorite easter egg i guess gosh i i really liked the um just the the text not the text like text adventure game but the interrogation in um in the courtroom yeah the the bug citizenship exam yeah just i don't know just that dialogue was the bug mars citizenship exam was fantastic yeah um, I really I, liked 
boxing story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the boxing so, story was great. So I had a really weird experience playing the game because um, I had a glitch the first time I played it. Uh, where halfway through, while I was on my way to Bug Mars, uh, my sound cut out. Oh. So I had no sound for like the rest entirely. of the game. Entirely. Well, first, first, just the sound effects cut out, and the music was still playing, and then even the music stopped. Um, <clears throat> so when I was in the underwater caverns, I didn't get the boxing story the first time. That was just all done in silence. Oh, no. That must have been frustrating. It was, well, it was weird. It was, like, ominous. Um, because it was like quiet and you kept going deeper and deeper and deeper and it was it actually felt more like it fit with the game um, because right. weirdly like it felt like you know oh you're now on this like alien planet in a hazardous area and you know like stuff is like it, it felt more like contextually connected to the rest of the game uh, whereas when you have the, the sound it's just completely non sequitur yeah, that is and, true. And, like, pretty tonally strange. Although, I mean, honestly, it actually, it made, I, I think my experience of that was just very different, Kyla, because it didn't feel, like, creepy or oppressive as I was going through this. It felt kind of, like, pleasant, like I was exploring. Yeah, well, when you, know, you have, like, happy music and funny, funny stories. Right, exactly. Like so, but I guess my point is I don't know that it was really, um you know discordant I, I feel like it was just a different experience yeah it, it was it gives a different tone to the it becomes more yeah. clear that this game is like just a comedy through and through whereas right. it, otherwise it feels more like a continuation of a sort of adventure game which like yeah you have that weird like bug citizenship interview but like before that that part feels when you're going to bug mars feels very adventure yeah and very like you know, I, I am a commander, I am doing, like, secret missions, you know, etc., etc., and then, I don't know, like, you're like, okay, I'm on Bug Mars, I have to infiltrate and find their secrets below the surface, now that I've faked my way through this citizenship exam. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, 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 to me, it felt like a very different game, which makes it difficult for me to, like, pick a favorite part, because I, I basically played the game twice and had two very different experiences with it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, maybe that was an intended effect. Like, maybe X out of every however many plays, just the, the sound cuts out and, yeah. and you have a different... I don't think that's actually true. It felt it felt broken in a way that felt broken. Yeah. <laughs> Not intentionally, like... But yeah, it's... Uh, I, did, I did enjoy the boxing story very much. Um, I actually really enjoyed in the end credits as they're rolling when they show you like pictures of bugs mating with like parts yeah. of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that was it. hilarious. They like a bug porn ending. Uh, I was I was highly amused by that. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I I actually really liked playing the original game and just eating bugs with the uh, like, yeah 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 totally. I got really excited when I realized, uh, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the presidential debate uh, dance-off, um, that uh, although I was doing really poorly at matching um, the symbols that were scrolling across the screen, uh, there was there appeared to be no negative penalty for uh, extra presses. 
Uh, and so then I just spent the rest of the time mashing all four arrow keys as fast <laughs> as I could, and I got a perfect score. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. I, did, I didn't um, come to that realization, so I got like a score of zero. <laughs> and uh, and uh, at the end, they're like, you'll be a great candidate. Everyone loves an underdog. <laughs> and that's how I became I, the president. I got, a, I got a really good score because I am good at DDR games. <laughs> and just happened to like, there you go. match a pretty good score. Yeah, I can I can do like regular DDR, but I, I've never been able to do like this kind of thing. Like audition online, no, no thank you. Yeah. I would right. not be good at it. Yeah. So yeah, it it does. It's a lot harder to do with your fingers than with your feet mm-hmm. in a in a weird way. Yeah. Um. So I I'm rather curious as to what people thought about the fact that um there's no failure consequences in the game. You can lose the game in the early bug like frog fractions part of the game, like the bug catching part. Mm-hmm. Um. If you get if the fruit if, if, if your indignity your and your indignity goes up. <laughs> Yeah. You can actually lose the game and you have to restart. But after you like take off into space, there's no more lose conditions. You only have to restart the segment that you're on though. Like it doesn't erase your progress. At least I don't think it does. Um can you like are there places you can ever Oh well, like you you still have all of the upgrades. Yeah, like it, oh, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't get rid of yeah. like you don't start from zero, you just oh, yeah. start so, so even yeah. the yeah, even the failure consequence towards the beginning is not that much of a failure consequence. Right. Um so yeah, so the question is like, I was actually a little bit disappointed in the space sections to find out that like nothing, I felt like nothing I did mattered because I couldn't lose. And to me that sort of took away from it a little bit. Like I understand like why you designed the game that way because this is clearly like a one-shot joke game. Yeah. Right. And it wouldn't make sense for you, for it to be losable. But I still felt like, oh, you know, this game is playing itself. There's nothing I really have to do here. I'm just right. along for the ride. I, I think I would have felt that disappointment if if the controls of the game felt as though they were meant to be good. Like it was possible to win. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, once you have bullets, bugs shooting bullets at you, and the screen is just full of projectiles, that there's really no way at all to dodge, it's sort of like, well, okay, I'm glad I can't fail, because I would be a lot if that was the case. It, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily meant to be something you can be really proficient at <laughs> at any time. Well, but at least with, uh, you know, with something like the questionnaire or the, like, bug porn thing, it's, you know. Yeah, that is true. I, I guess I guess I will say that um, th- during the, like, asteroid section, the, the space, uh, the shmuppy stuff, um, like that came early enough in the game that I it wasn't obvious to me that there was no lose condition and so I was still sort of like working at it and then when it got to the the citizenship exam I think that's when it like really became clear like uh, there's no way for me to fuck this up uh, and so um, but from then on I just I enjoyed the ride for the most part. I actually, I thought, no, because they they had the boxing thing. I was going to say that the whole underwater maze felt like long and slow, and it did, but all of the boxing stuff was really good, uh, and so that was entertaining. Um, I mean, I guess, like, could it have been a cartoon instead of a game? 
I mean, I, I want to say no because yeah. I think I think the I big part no. of it is the the like discovery. Well, yeah, I, I was totally going to say agree. that the the it's without without the fact that it's a game, it just becomes a bunch of random nonsense. Mm-hmm. The yeah. fact that it's a, it's a game is a, is the joke. Yeah. The joke is like, hey, this is a game that is a bunch of random nonsense. Yeah. It no, is, agreed. It is according to Annabelle Santorum, editor in chief of Didactics UK, the absolute best way to teach your child about fractions. <laughs> Good. <laughs> says <laughs> says the intro game. screen of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, the so. Similarly, like, what if people think about the boxing segment as, like, everything else is at least, um, like, tangentially related to what's going on, but that one is, like, entirely a non-sequitur that has nothing to do with anything else in the rest of the game? Yeah. The text adventure is sort of the same. Well, no, but you actually, you got onto that ship and you're trying to figure out how to get back to Bugmars. Like, that makes sense. Sort of. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And as much is, as like going to Bug Mars in the first place made sense. There's at least a like an effort made to to tie it into the larger narrative that's going on. Whereas I actually, I mean, like I have questions about where is this narration coming from? Like who who is telling me about boxing? I I, I interpreted it as coming from the TVs of the walrus mermen that you run oh. across occasionally. Did you see one, more than one? Kelsey, there were, there were two. On? There was like oh, one that was oh, just oh, a, oh. a guy and there was another one that looked like... A Cylon? Um, like a Cylon, yeah. yeah. I saw that one. That's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah so there's the, a Cylon one and then there's just a normal like humanoid one. It, it looks like if um, if uh, Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force was a yes. walrus. Yes. So, walrus merman, so... Yeah. Yes. Yep. And they're just sitting. They're just hanging out at the bottom of the ocean, watching TV. Yeah, you can't interact with them. But I, and I'm I'm trying to determine how I came to the conclusion of the the narration coming from the TVs. I think it might get. It, maybe this is just me imagining it. I felt like it got slightly louder when you were on a screen, with the TV on the screen. But that might that might not actually be the case. Uh, I didn't notice that, but I. You might be right. It's it's difficult to say. I mean, but I want to make like a or find a YouTube clip of just that that story and listen <laughs> to it every day. <laughs> Such a good voice. It is a good voice. It's very it's I I do enjoy it when people like do very matter of fact down to earth explanations of things that are completely made up. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got a kind of a um, uh, uh, John, uh, John Hodgman sort of a quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the areas of my expertise sort yeah. of feel. So uh, I I gotta ask, are you guys familiar with uh, Frog Fractions Two? I know I... that it exists, or that it is being willed into existence. My So my understanding, this is what I was told about it. Um, it was a Kickstarter for yeah. a game where they said, we're going to make a sequel to Frog Fractions, but it's not going to be called Frog Fractions, and we're not going to tell you when we release it, or what game it is. Right. Um, yeah. And a lot of people uh, paid into it, and they may or may not have released it, and it may or may not be an ARG, 
um, but nobody knows because they don't, they're not telling anybody. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I do think, I think when it is discovered, uh, word will get around. It will be acknowledged by its creators. Well, uh, and, and perhaps it will be acknowledged by its creators, but I, the idea was that they were going to release it on Steam under the guise of being some small budget indie game uh, that uh, would contain that that you would be able to break out of and into you know frog fraction style frog fractions uh, too right which mind. I think is fascinating I think that's it's incredible to I mean like frog fractions is such a well actually now that i'm thinking about it frog fractions has a really interesting structure where i think maybe kind of to your point kyla about there not being any uh anything that you as a player particularly do after the the first part of it um, because there's no failure state. That's kind of true because the the joke is at the end of that first part of it when you when you like when you discover that you can break out of this little frog fly fruit fractions game uh, and do like different stuff. Uh, like that's sort of the punchline, and then the whole rest of the game is just extended punchline. Yeah. Um, and so it was. It's fascinating to me to like. How do you follow that up now that everybody knows the joke? Like, how how can you replicate that? And this is as a strategy. This like, okay, we're gonna announce that we're doing it. We're we're gonna let everybody know that Frog, Frog Fractions Two is coming. Uh, and now it's more about like. It's a scavenger hunt. It's a scavenger mm-hmm. hunt. It's like. Who can find Frog Fractions too? <laughs> there is I... an amazing Reddit called "Is This Frog Fractions Too?" <laughs> There's the list, like "Is Random Game Frog Fractions Too?" Amazing. Nice. That sounds great. Um, somebody pointed out to me, and I totally agreed that like it really says a lot about the amount of faith that that people apparently have in these developers that they would kickstart a game that literally says like we're gonna say we're making a game but we're not gonna tell you that we you know when the game is made yeah. or when it's released or whatever. yeah it is. i mean they got they got like over 70 grand for, for make, their kickstarter a, an invisible game yeah and they've got like a slacker air quote slacker backer page up where you can just give them money i guess at any time um which is pretty great yeah so either either this is gonna there's like a, a fantastically hidden sequel coming or this is the most amazing scam of all in right game development. yeah i mean i guess i guess they they i mean they make a lot of games okay. especially like like game jam stuff and and you know really little things like that so maybe just all of them combined is frog <laughs> fractions <laughs> too it's all frog. It's frog fractions all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm now I'm looking at uh this this subreddit. Uh, have they have they decided that any games are frog fractions too? I I don't know. Apparently not. 
I'm fascinated by the idea of ARGs, but I'm a bit perplexed by the idea of, like, entirely hidden ARGs. Yeah, I do. Man, that, like, that whole thing is like just, the like, game, too much. The game may or may not exist, and finding it may or may not be the ARG. To, <laughs> you know, like, maybe the game is trying to find Frog Fractions, too. Maybe they've gone, they've gone super meta about it. What if Frog Fractions is Frog Fractions, too? Uh... <laughs> 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 yep, that's that's entirely well, that's entirely possible, actually. <laughs> um, I think if there was, so I mean, we kind of addressed this a little bit um, when we talked about Dr. Langeskoff last time. But how do you guys feel about games that are like a one-shot joke? Like, you play it and you're like, haha, I get the joke, and then you, like, never have to play it again, kind of thing. I love them, because they don't have to... They don't have to have anything but that joke. They don't have to, like, we need to add this to make it a better experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. I... Yeah, I think that... uh, And they, they... There's no temptation for them to overstay their welcome if they yeah. they mm-hmm. sort of know that that's what they are. Yeah, that's that's the big thing for me is it's for me it comes down to like does this game get out of the way in time? Like because the the most important thing with telling a joke is that you don't oversell it. Like you don't tell the joke and then just keep hanging on. Right. And it's it can be tough to find that point of departure. And so far, it seems like the games we looked at do a pretty good job of, like, telling their joke and then being over. Yeah, it's it's not like a, um, what is it, a, a better better Nate than Lever situation, um, if you're familiar with that. No? No. Is that, uh, a, it's, is that a long, drawn-out joke it's, where that yeah, is it's, the punchline? Yeah, the pun is the punchline, and, and it's like, I've, I've seen... It, extremely long versions of that one um th- those yeah. i don't know i sort of have a fondness for those sort of things too um oh. but i wouldn't enjoy them in, in game form probably the, i think i i i'm not sure i know that one. Oh, i do know that one i think i, I have heard that i don't remember it but there's a there's a whole genre of jokes like this yeah uh it's... that are just like very long walks yeah um uh, if for you go, cheap puns yeah if you go to um longest joke in the world no spaces.com longestjokeintheworld.com uh it's 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 that joke <laughs> or one yeah. one version of that joke i um, know uh i know sean plot has one of those that he yeah. tells that's like a super long walk for a bad pun kind yeah. of jokes I, I think yeah. he i think he just did that on a daily once um i yeah i, I do remember that one as well that the the chrome one the no, one about no, chrome spaceships no, no plate plate like chrome, chrome for, for the, the hollow hol- race yeah, yeah that's the one that's yeah that sounds right. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, I would say I would say that uh, like you have to burn the rope also fits into this category of like short one shot punchline games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if like I can think of any others that are like yeah really quick joke games. But I I and I I mean I don't know that oh uh, pond. Yeah, pond totally. Like I, I love all of these games. <laughs> these are all great games. Uh, so I guess I like that type of game. Then, 
The one-shot joke game. The one-shot joke game. Can you mention any bad one-shot joke games? I'm trying to think of more, and I can't think of any uh, any specific other ones than that, than those. There probably I mean, are, though. I'm sure that in the same way that like there's a quality range for everything for all kinds of games. Like there's probably people who've tried to make one-shot joke games that are uh, just not. Oh, well what about executed. the one that, that Sean had you guys play on Mostly Walking that one time about, like, you have to shit your pants or something like that? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that one was a little bit eye-rolling. That was, that was... You would, yeah, Carl. my favorite. Um, isn't, it, isn't it don't shit your pants, not you have to shit your pants? <laughs> you're, you're combining don't shit your pants and you have to I'm cut the rope. The, the rope. Uh, yeah. There's also, like... I mean, there uh, are endings in that game where you do shit your pants, yeah. so... There's, um, Don't Shoot the Dog is another one that's not, like, amazing. Yeah, it gets boring pretty fast. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's I, of... I feel like it's just, there There are there are jokes that are not well told, right? Mm-hmm. And I um, think once you, once you have this concept of don't do X, and then you have a billion derivatives of don't do X, then that's sort of like, okay, well, now we all already know the joke. Yeah. Right. So, it, it it feels like it works much better if it's a completely novel experience. Yeah. So, so for anyone looking to make a one-shot joke game, novel experience and don't overstay your welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Those are basically the big two takeaways. Yeah. And and as we said, like Frog Fractions does have a very extended punchline, but it's at least like frenetic enough in the way that it keeps switching genres that you don't really get tired of it. Yeah. Um, you never get a break. Yeah. It's just right. well, maybe in the text adventure. Yeah. I felt like the uh, underwater exploration uh, gentleman boxing bit was, was like the closest I had to a break. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I your mileage. I was interesting in that, like, regardless of whether any of them are specifically like a downtime, mm-hmm. like, specific break for your brain, they, like, the rapid switching between genres really does like exercise a bunch of different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let me switch into like thinky text adventure mode, and oh, let me s- switch into like reaction, uh, you know, rhythm game mode, and oh, let me think into switch into like analytical, you know, economy game mode, and like that's a lot of very rapid brain context switching. <laughs> not that again, yeah. not that any of it matters because you can't fail, but. But that's uh, sort you're... of the thing with overstaying your welcome. You're, they're very short, and they're changing enough all the time. Yeah, each segment is short enough that you don't get tired of it. Yeah. Even though there are a lot of segments. And even though there are a lot of segments, like, barring how long you get stuck at the beginning, it's still, you know, a less than an hour experience. And if you right. don't get stuck at the beginning, probably less than a half hour experience. Yeah. Um, I think it took me more than a half hour because I was just playing the first part for a really long time. Uh, yeah, but you made it. You made an important discovery. I did. So yes, I, got, I found did, it a different Easter egg. Did anybody else get stuck in the text adventure? I I did. I did a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like I I made it through eventually, but that was that was actually. I mean, that was definitely the moment I came closest to. Uh... Backing it. <laughs> that, that's what I came really close to doing. Yeah. 
I, I had that thought as well. Um, I'm like, ah, oh, I could just look up the solution to this. In the end, I didn't. In the end, I toughed yeah. it out and figured it out myself. But yeah. I, I came really close once or twice to going like, ah, oh, I could just look this up. Yeah, no, exactly. But, you know, kudos to them for being, you know, an accurate, like, look at old old school text adventures in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is exactly how I always feel when I play text adventure games in that style. Is yeah. like oh, this is really interesting. And then the second you get stuck, it's like, uh, what do I even do? Should I just look this up? Yeah, right. Well, thing, uh, the problem I have with the advent- text adventure game segment is probably it wasn't, it didn't make fun of it enough. Yeah. <laughs> it was too serious. Yeah. yeah it, it, Every other it piece sort of was. was like, we make a joke about this genre. But the text adventure was like, a normal text adventure. <laughs> it was, all of the jokes in the text adventure were content jokes. They none of them were yeah. formal jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and the content jokes were not weird enough to be indistinguishable from the weirdness that is common yeah. to actual text adventures. It's like you can't you can't make those jokes because once you do, it becomes so plausible that it would exist in an actual game. Yeah, right. it's, it's like, like well, okay. Of course, of course, I have to fill this canister with pink perfume goop. Like with, with, that's that's a perfectly yeah. natural thing to do in a text adventure game. Yeah, if I about? if I don't do it, then I'm gonna wake up cranky. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, because those games are, like, pretty inherently ridiculous, so it's hard to parody them. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Would you guys ever do a text adventure on Mostly Walking, do you think? Um, I mean, we did 905. That's true. I I would, uh, but I don't know if... Sean. It would involve a lot of reading. And yeah. It would guys... involve a lot of reading, which is not always the, the strongest. I feel like it would be difficult to do it in a way that was entertaining <laughs> I mean, to watch. You could do the thing that you did. Oh, God, what game were you playing? Where you each read Mist. a single word. Missed. Yeah, that was missed, wasn't it? <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> oh, boy. That I mean, was... there's a lot of really short text adventure games. That's pretty yes. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um... I'm trying to think, like, I think gameplay mechanic-wise, just in terms of, like, genres of games I like playing, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the first part where I have to actually, like, um, you know, hit hit flies with the tongue. And I enjoyed um, the DDR part because I just really like reading games. Those yeah, fair enough. Those are probably my favorite two mechanics. If there had been more to the underwater exploration part that made it similar to Aquaria, would you have liked it more? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because no, I mean, that's... If I'd that... also had, like... Because, again, there was, like, really only one path you could follow. Yeah. Um, even though even it, though it occasionally branched, like, they both led you to the same area. So, like, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of backtracking. Yeah. Um, but maybe if... Yeah, if there was like a lot more exploration like and if you uh, had a little there was bit of boxing combat. narration the entire time, <laughs> maybe I would have enjoyed that. But you know, again, it didn't want to overstay its welcome, and it did. Yeah, so that's fair. But it's not really fair to judge Frog Fractions on its mechanics. I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's not. It's a game that's about like, I don't know, making fun of mechanics among other things. So. To say like, oh, this parody did not like provide a really polished. <laughs> right. This, this twenty-minute parody didn't provide a really polished experience. Is 
is kind of uh, an unfair. It's a, little, a little pointless to say. Judgment, yeah. yeah. Right. Huh. I feel like we we uh, exhausted have exhausted our yeah. Uh, all right, think? so now, now comes the hard part. <laughs> Compare and contrast Frog Fractions and The Cat in the Coop. Oh, those are two different games. <laughs> <laughs> both are games. They are both games. I mean, there's a there's kind of a structural similarity in that they you can kind of they're they're both sort of a series of individual puzzles mm-hmm. that are that are pretty um, encapsulated, uh, and there's a progression from like the first puzzle to the second puzzle to the third puzzle where I don't know that's maybe where it breaks down <laughs> so did I just describe all games is that oh, no, I, I, I have described all games I, no I get that it's it's a very um, it's a rapid fire progression let's say like it doesn't want you to spend too much time doing any one thing because it's about moving from one place to another rather about rather than about being in one place or another. Rather you can not not do anything that isn't the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um what about uh they're both very dense games? Like uh Cat and the Coup is very uh, informationally dense uh, and uh, frog and atmospherically fractions, dense and atmospherically dense and frog fractions is very like mechanically dense and like joke dense. It's just very frenetic. Like there's a mm. lot of stuff going on at all times, and both of those make it a bit hard to focus. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, completely agree. There's definitely there's a similarity in that experience. Of you know, in Cat and the Coup, I'm playing the game and I'm also trying to keep track of all of the the historical information that's coming across. And in Frog Fractions, I'm playing the game and also, especially at the beginning, trying to like put together a model of what is this thing. Yeah. yeah. What even is this game? <laughs> that's 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 a good comparison. <laughs> Is that, the best, is that the best we're going to get? I think so. I mean, but against all odds, we came up with something, damn it. Um, I, I feel like if I if I ponder this long enough, maybe I can come up. I feel like there's probably something that we could find that's just going to be common to all short games. Mm. Um, just in terms of maybe, like, you know, presenting a lot of stuff really quickly and then going away and leaving you to like let something sink in maybe mm-hmm. yeah which was true for the two games that we played last time as well um maybe more blues than than uh, dr langeskoff but still yeah i mean both games have a pretty high tempo yeah that's true yeah it's very fast in, in terms of pacing yeah they keep you moving right along um, that might also be true for all short games. Most, both of the games um, feature uh, playable animals as the main characters. Mm, that is true. true. That is true. Um, both of them feature secret spy missions. <laughs> uh, no. I guess? I don't... Fe- 
you're, you're like, the spy mission. I guess it's not. I guess it's not a spy mission. It's a military mission. It's, but yeah, like, it's like an infiltration sort of thing. Both of them, both of of them thing. feature like government operations. I guess, like your your commander commander Hoppy fighting this army in in five factions, and you are you know engineering a CIA coup in the cat in the coup. Yeah, <laughs> too much of a stretch. No, I think I think that's right up there with uh, with playable animal characters. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, are, are are frogs generally friendlier to play than cats, or like, is that just because this cat happened to be like a pretty evil cat? I don't know. I can think of a couple games where you play as a frog. At least, like, I mean, there's this and there's like Frogger, and I I'm sure there's one other one that I can't think of off the top of my head. There's a lot of old games you play as frogs. Yeah, but games where you play as cats—that I'm—I'm sort of not thinking of as many. Was there a cat themed mascots like Bubsy or something? Oh God, Bubsy! (laughs) Um, yeah, Bubsy's one for sure. I don't know. I feel like there must be other cat themed mascots. Has the has the Frosted Flakes cereal developed like an online flash game? Who plays Tony the Tiger? Probably. Games yes, where I've actually you played one of those. Play oh, as a cat. <laughs> List of cat video games. Oh wait, what? What? Is this? This is a Time Magazine article. The There's video game a... that will. Oh, this is about. Um. Oh, this is about cat lateral damage. Oh, so that's a game where you play as a cat. Yeah, that's true. Um. And... Yeah. My garbage cats wake me up. Oh, God, I yeah. love that game so much. <laughs> uh, there's also, you briefly play as a cat in one part of the cat lady. Yeah, that is true. Let's see. Oh, God, Wikipedia. There's a whole wiki page. <laughs> Let's see. 2015, The Purring Quest, an adventure platformer where you take on the role of a cat and meet celebrity cats of the internet. Oh, that reminds me, actually, um... Uh, Sean, Vanerod told us there was a game at IndieCade this year where you, like, projectile lactate into the mouths of kittens as a mouth Oh, yeah. Cat. Chris was telling us about that. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound awfully familiar. <laughs> he brought he brought it up to contrast it with butt-sniffing pugs. Right. No, that is, it's a natural uh, comparison to make. Um... <laughs> Uh oh gosh. Uh okay, give me give me a second. Give me a second to try to find this cuz I cuz he is right. That does exist and it was at Indicade. Um I think it was in the digital selects and I don't don't remember uh what the name of it was. You have like a specialized controller of some kind or something like that? I actually, maybe, I no, don't maybe the remember. maybe butt sniffing pugs was the one. But sniffing pugs control. definitely did have a its own uh, custom hardware, um, and I don't remember uh, that for the the cat game. Maybe the cat game didn't. Maybe it was just the pugs. If you mentioned that. Um. Hmm. It doesn't come up if you just Google indicate cat projectile lactate. <laughs> Catnips? Catnips! That's the one. I did uh, I did just Google um Indiecade cat game. Catnips, that's the one. 
So, uh, yeah. It does appear to have a special controller, yes. Okay. So, oh yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So Catnips was, um, um, where, where was Catnips shown? Maybe it was actually, uh, one of the, um, the festival, uh, nominees. And that's why I don't know anything about it. Cause it wasn't in one of my tents. Mm. Ah, that could be. I assumed that Indicate is all just a blur for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> also true. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there are there are other games, other less ominous games featuring cats, but there are also other ominous, like, now that I think about, like, the cat lady, there are also other ominous games featuring cats. Absolutely. Maybe cats are just symbols of ominousness, which frogs really aren't as much. Uh, was Blinks a cat? Blinks was totally oh, Blinks cat. Blinks was a cat, was a cat. yeah, actually. I God, I forgot about that game. Uh, wasn't there another one that was like um, I want to say like a Ratchet and Clank uh, is is the main character in Ratchet and Clank a cat he's got cat like a cat like face but I don't know if he's explicitly supposed to be a cat I mean he looks pretty cat catish um, I mean let's... there's several games where you play as a cat that sort of there's no real reason for them being cats. <laughs> yes, they're basically a human enough. characters that is a cat. Well, I mean, in Sonic you play as a hedgehog, and there's no good reason for that, so... Hedgehogs are really fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, um... I hate to be the bearer of uh, bad news, <laughs> but uh, ecologically speaking... <laughs> So, hedgehogs uh, are not really known for their speed, <laughs> as, like as a quality of hedgehogs. Um, so regarding regarding Ratchet, uh, Ratchet is a lombax, <laughs> which is which is a fictional species. Uh, I would hope have an appearance similar to bipedal anthropomorphic felines with a tail similar to that of lions. So technically no, yes. but definitely yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. It would be my assessment there, yeah. I guess you play as a lion for a little bit in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. When you go to when you go to the, the Pride Lands. That is true. I'm so sad that Thano didn't finish playing that game for Sunday Game Club, mostly because he never got to the Pride Rock area, and the Pride Rock area is so good. I need to just go ahead. Like, I, I've actually never played Kingdom Hearts 2. I need to just go ahead and do that someday. The, the movement physics as a lion feels amazing, especially because you get this one move that lets you drift around corners. What? <laughs> so you do these, like, mad dashes of drifting around these windy curves, and it's just so much fun. That's rad. I'm into that. Let's see. What other... What other... Oh, I guess there was a Felix the Cat game. Okay, so, the, so there are games where you play as cats. How many games are there where you play as frogs? Games where you play as a wow. The autofill auto for games where you play as is really interesting on on Google. Games <laughs> games where you play as a girl comes in sixth on that list. So games where you play as a dragon, games where you play as a wolf, games where you play as a zombie, games where you play as an animal, games where you play as an alien, games where you play as a girl. Games where you play as a skeleton, games where you play as a cop, games where you play as the villain, and games where you play as a monster. Interesting that there is no wiki page 
for games for... where you play as a frog, but there is for games where you're a cat. So huh. that, that settles it. I'm not sure what point we were actually settling, but that <laughs> settles it. Yep. Games where you play as a frog. You got battle toads. Yes. Ooh, battle toads. Well, they battle toads and frogger. I guess Chrono Trigger. You get a frog <laughs> in your party. That's true. This is uh, so. The first page of Google results includes a short YouTube video of a frog playing a game on an iPhone. <laughs> oh, is that the one with the bugs? Yeah, by like Aww. repeatedly attacking the screen <laughs> to try and get the ants. What a cutie! Super cute. I wonder if this is is that the one where the frog ends up like biting the person at the end? It might be. Yes, it is. <laughs> the person gets their thumb in front of the screen, and the frog just attacks their thumb. Anyway, I feel we have gotten very off yes. topic a little bit. Can't you play as cat people in Final Fantasy XIV? Maybe? You can yes, play as like a little loopy rabbit person, I think. Um, Fantasy XIV races. This is not getting us less off tra off track, but... Yeah, no, we're just, we're just continuing down this course. Uh, you can play as a person with cat ears and a cat tail. That's a cat person. <laughs> totally. Really the same <laughs> they are entirely humanoid, but for ears and tail, it looks yeah, like. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's a cat person. <laughs> um, okay. There are, there's a rabbit person race in Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah. I guess, what else is there? There's um, Kate, Kate Sith. Is a cat, right? Is a cat riding a robot? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, more. we need more games where people play as frogs to balance out the averages, I guess what we're saying. Yeah. That's our call to action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. More games where you play as frogs. Anyway. Um... Uh, that might be as much as we can relate those games to each other. I, I think Unless so. Unless we want to do our, like, try and make a game that uses both games. How, mm. would you, would you... God, I mean, they're, they're both sort of such a mix of different things. I mean, so, you could just, I guess you could literally just put Cat and the Coup into Frog Fractions. <laughs> and it wouldn't change mm -hmm. Frog Fractions very much. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was going to go with, would there be a way to make the cat and the coup as a comedy versus would there be a way to make Frog Fractions as a serious documentary game? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which is easier. Uh, I bet you could do Frog Fractions as a documentary game on the history of games. Or on the history of fractions. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, through all these different like genres of games, you could have a character that like goes from game to game and plays like so, like a level each of like you know historically relevant games and you could use it as like a survey of like gaming kind of thing and you you could do cat and the coup would be pretty much frog fractions yeah, yeah. you could do cat and the coup as a comedy by like picking some some you know government operation that was horribly bungled Oh yeah, like, <laughs> and that, like, that time that the whatever the Australian military went to war with emus, or or was it the yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like, emu or war. or the whole cane toad thing. Yeah, 
Uh, Australia, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you if you picked a funny historical event, you could do a game like Cat and the Coup that was a comedy game. Yeah. That's all I got, though, man. I... There are some pretty funny, weird historical events. Yeah, like, what was it, the, the time that the Russian army went to, uh go conquer someone and like they didn't fight at all and came back with two extra people who defected <laughs> from the other army or something like that yeah. yeah came back with a bigger army than they left it that would be a good game where you like go you like you know work really hard to charge up all your military like might and power and then you go march off to fight this and then you have like a whole section of like really annoying like just talking with the people and like kind of working out compromises and like not at all using any of this stuff you <laughs> and then, like depending on how well you do like people join you and come back with you yeah that is pretty good i'm into that all right we did it <laughs> is that it are we good yeah we got to talk about our next game yeah all right so uh so i'll intro it since it's yes. more or less my pick uh, so the game we will be playing for next time is Botanicula. Yay. Um, yeah, so Botanicula is a game by Amanita Design, which is the studio that did uh, Machinarium, for people who might be more familiar with that one, um, which is a Czech studio. So we are finally doing a game from my heritage, which is exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Botanicula is a sort of adventure game, sort of a puzzly adventure game, uh, kind of in the vein of Machinarium, but it's actually more um, if anybody's played the Samorost games, it's kind of placed between like Samorost and Machinarium. Because Samorost is just a game where you go from screen to screen and click everything until something happens and you can progress. Um, and Machinarium is very much more like a, a puzzly sort of game where you have to like do logic puzzles and figure things out. And Botanicula is somewhere in between. Like, it's a little bit puzzly, and it's a little bit, like, click on all the things to see all the adorable things that happen. Um, but this game is charming as heck. The the visuals are charming, and the music is charming, and the sound effects are charming, and just the thing, the characters are charming, and it's an incredibly charming game. And it's only ten bucks on Steam, and it's only, like, four hours to play. So, I, I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, because it's a if you if you're like feeling stressed out, this is a great game to play, because uh. it's just it's just makes you feel happy inside, <laughs> or at least it has for me. And I'm looking forward to playing it again because it's been a while since I played it. Just in time for like the last four weeks of the quarter for me. Yeah, and also, yeah. <laughs> um, I believe they just announced that uh, Samurai Three is coming out soon. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Yeah, so consider this. If you like this, you might be interested in getting Samurai's Tree, which will, I think, coming out, like, end of March or something like that. So, so yeah. So, two weeks. Go grab Botanicula. Try it out. Um, it's a really cute game. I think I think everyone will like it. And then, come talk about it uh, on the forums, where you can talk about uh, that game or the games we played this week, if you still feel like you have something to say after listening to the podcast that you would like to communicate with us, uh, pvpnetwork.com or .formatic.com Is that right? I believe uh, that's right. Yes. yes. The, new, the new address, yes. pvpnetwork.formatic.com And uh, if, you, if you really, really, really want to talk about Botanicula, um, come be on the podcast next time. Yeah. We... we have no requirements. 
requirements no offense, guest... John. No, none, none taken. Our requirements for being a guest are you want to be a guest on the podcast and talk about this game. Yeah. You that's... might have to show up. We'll yeah, that too. showing up is a requirement. Talking about the game at least a bit is <laughs> is a requirement, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that I managed to fulfill most of those requirements. I think you did. I think you did Good. smashingly. Good. Excellent. It has been a pleasure having you with us. Absolutely. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to be here. It's been good actually getting to, like, talk, actually talk to you in voice again. Yes. Uh, so shall we do some, uh, some personal plugs for info and, and information? Yeah. So, um, I... We'll probably not be streaming tonight because it's the Oscars tonight. Uh, so I might I might cancel my stream and, and do an Oscar party, um, assuming anyone will show up. That's the problem with like only finding out at the very last minute that the Oscars is on, is everybody has plans. But anyway, so normally I stream at uh, um, 7 on Sunday nights, uh, twitch.tv slash cagetiger. Is it... Is it twitch.com slash? No, twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. Wow. Brain fart today. Anyway, um, and you can follow me at Kyla underscore go on Twitter to see, like, when that schedule changes and, you know, if I might be streaming earlier or later or canceling things or whatever. Uh, Still playing Majora's Mask at the moment. Nice. Um, I, on Fridays, I help run uh, One of Us, the weekly community fun time stream show where we, someone plays a game and we all hang out and it's really great. Uh, and that is at twitch.tv slash ndefenders. Uh, I am on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> Carl? I'm at Skug3 on Twitter. He loves your messages, and would like you, <laughs> would like you to message him as much as possible. Please do. <laughs> uh, and Sean. And uh, I am uh, planning on having another normal week. Although you know, who 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 knows? I always plan on having normal weeks, and then normality never finds me. But um, uh, I should be doing play by play on um, uh, Wednesday at. Uh, Eight o'clock Pacific time on twitch.tv slash if and def. Um, and uh, I have literally no idea whether or not we're playing mostly walking. Uh, we're doing ask. mostly walking tomorrow night. Um, so that'll come in at the last minute, I guess. But uh, but if if not mostly walking, then I'll probably do some kind of bonus play by play tomorrow. And um, <coughs> yeah, other than that, I'm just. I'm on uh, on the Twitter uh, at ndef, uh, and uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to be here and talk about these games with you. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have you back sometime. Definitely, that'd be great. All right, thanks everybody. <laughs> yeah, have a good two weeks. Play Botanicula. Yeah. Talk talk about it. All right, see you guys in two weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.